This episode is brought to you by our Patreon supporters. Become a patron today at patreon.com forward slash into the portal. Welcome back into the portal. I'm Amber Ray. And I'm Andrew McKay. And we're back with another Fifth Friday. We're finally doing Troll Hunter. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like it's been like a month plus in the making or something, but it hasn't been quite that long. But. Not quite, but we had it on our radar for about a month and a half now. Right. So. Suggested by none other than our producer. Mm-hmm. Charlene. Charlene. Yeah, yeah. So thank you. Yeah, thanks. We really enjoyed this one. I wasn't sure what to really think. Like, the only other movie I've ever seen with, like, Troll in the actual name of the film was Troll in Central Park. <laughs> and this was very far removed from that, so... Yeah, just a little bit, probably. <laughs> but yeah, it was very cool. Um, it released in 2010. It was directed by Andre Ovradal, and I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. I I'm love sorry. the O's with the slash through it in, so like, epic. Scandinavian lettering. It's so cool. Badass. Way cooler than regular <laughs> lettering. What does that even mean, though, I wonder, hey? Like, you say it weird? I don't know, yeah, you must enunciate it differently. Oh, we should have put it into the Google pronunciation. Uh, we <laughs> never do that. And people always get on our cases about it. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe I should. <laughs> <laughs> I don't uh, have the time. So this is such a fun movie. Um, obviously, the name kind of gives it away. Uh, it is basically following a troll hunter. Indeed. By the name of Hans. And essentially, it starts out... Um, well, of course, it's part of this mockumentary slash found footage tradition, sort of a new age school of film, Yeah. Um, which I thought was quite interesting. And, you know, when you hear anything like that, what do you automatically think of? Oh, man, like well, a bunch of movies. I, I think Cloverfield. And oh, like, yeah. Ugh, I mean, there's a I bunch was just going to say like Blair Witch. Oh, like, God. Oh, my God. Smack punch. <laughs> ugh. I, I deserve to be slapped for that. Of course. Oh, my God. But it didn't really play out in the same way. And it was much more entertaining, I feel like, uh, than The Blair Witch came across. Oh, the, There's more the, going on. I agree. More yeah. action, more progression of the plot. It's not just like this, uh, like, you know, like just the sewering out into this abysmal, just like yeah. horrific uh, reality that they find themselves in. I, I feel like that's that's got to be just the, the association with witchcraft is obviously way more evil than fantasy creatures, I Very suppose true. you would say. Actually, yeah, that's a good point. So anyways, um, yeah, let's do a character breakdown here. We've got three main characters. So we have Thomas. He is the host of the podcast, or <laughs> of the podcast, of the documentary. He never got a chance to turn it into a podcast. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Uh, and then we obviously have, we have uh, Johanna. She is the sound tech. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get Kale, who is... Kale. We don't know if that's pronounced degree. correctly, but we do know someone named Kale pronounced Kale. So we're going with that. I know multiple people named Kale. Do you? I grew up with someone in my school that was named Kale. No and way. Yeah. And I never knew that that was a vegetable until I graduated. <laughs> <laughs> so we, and now we eat it all the time. We, yeah, exactly. That's we're going to have hilarious. a kale salad tonight. Oh my goodness. Mm, kale. Yeah. And then we also have our sort of like main 
like hero figure, which would be Hans, mm-hmm. the actual troll hunter. And then sort of periphery characters would be, I would say, like Finn, who is the wildlife agency official, who's <laughs> yeah. actually more so Hans's boss. Yeah, he's the head of the, the yeah, the, the TSS, right? The TSS, Troll Security Service. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then we are replacement camera girl halfway through. So that kind of, that's mm. the tidy little Small package. Cast. Of car- I know, yeah. right? Um, they had a, quite a big budget, though. Initially, I was going to put this as like a uh, an indie film, mm. but they had a budget of over like $24 million. Really? Yeah, so quite That impressive. seems like kind of like weird and counterintuitive to like that style of filming. You'd think like the advantage of doing a movie like that would be like, other than the animation aspect would be like all this cinema mm. verite shaky camera stuff is like cheaper to do. Than it is like, very cheap, but, but like, again, like the props, the sets, yeah, all that um, the traveling, right? All those expenses, they show so many different uh, landscapes and right. scenes around the countryside. And, uh, I think a lot of it would have gone into exactly that, like the digital side of it. They did a lot of 3D renderings of the trolls themselves, so right. probably the development of them. And little side note here: apparently, direct the director um, said that he didn't use all of the trolls, so he might be in the works of making a troll hunter part two. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, I would be. You know, normally I'd, I'd say I'm not down with these types of movies, but I'm super down. That sounds. That's great. I know. I hope they come up with a second one because if you can't tell already, I definitely like this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'll let you kind of run the show here, though. You, 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 you dish it. Alrighty. Well, uh, as far as our like plot breakdown goes, so like we said, this is part of like found footage tradition, and so basically we get this uh, preamble of text from the agency, the film agency that essentially found this or had it show up on their doorstep, so to speak. Right. And they kind of make this comment that. They don't really know where it came from. Um, They weren't sure if it was a hoax, if it was a joke, if it was real. After about a year of investigation, they proved it to be authentic is kind of what they say. Right. And that it's like this raw (laughs) footage on two different discs that are... um, 283 minutes altogether. Okay. And and we were kind of confused because we were like, hey, wait, they say this is raw footage. They haven't tampered with it at all. But it actually... They did cut it, obviously, because you get millions of cuts through the whole it thing. It was like watching an episode of Trailer Park Boys. Exactly. So when I went and rewatched it again today, just before we sat down to record, I saw like, this statement that I missed the first time that basically said that they had done a rough cut. Right. But they hadn't, they hadn't altered any of the images, is what they said. Uh-huh. So, so that part really. Well, at least they true. made that distinction. That, uh, you know. Totally. I, I appreciated that. And then it's very interesting, too. It's very um, cut to the point. You don't get a lot of unnecessary character development, build-up, that type of thing, like we kind of got with the ruins. (laughs) It's just straight to the action. You get the first scene. They're in their little cute green car, and they have the radio on. And they're basically um, getting word that there's been a fatal bear attack and that there's a a group of hunters that are going to go hunt this bear down. And so where do they go? They go to the hunters. And then from there, it's kind of like this whole... It's kind of weird, though. It's very um, abrupt where they are interviewing the hunters, but they don't actually, you don't get any of the questions regarding the attack or the bear. They just skip straight to Hans and how he isn't a part of their society. He's not a hunter and they consider him a poacher. So he's this outsider that they hate. And they're just like, well, yeah, they, they blame the, because there are, there is a dead bear there Mm because they, they leave a, right. They, 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 they drop carcasses of bears to blame 
exactly. the trolls, which is this crazy disinformation campaign from the government. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, they have to blame it on somebody. One question I have with all these hunters that are out there doing all these, like, yeah, like, going on bear hunts, wouldn't they have come across evidence of these trolls? You know what I mean? Like, Well, I mean, my only, of course, but my only justification for the for that is, like, Bears wouldn't be in the territory of the trolls, maybe, right? They're hunting in areas where the bears are, like, not hanging out because they might They get do make reference trolls. to their realms and, like, their territories a lot of the time, so right. I guess that makes sense. So maybe bears are off in a different remote area, and you know, and then the, the trolls mm-hmm. got their thing going on. So it's cool, right? So we get this initial interview. We don't really know the characters too much. All we know is that they're three young college students from Volda College, right. which is the local... Like, that's the city they're in at the start of the mm-hmm. movie. And they make this point of saying when they actually start following Hans, the troll hunter, which they don't know he's troll hunter yet, but they when they get on the first ferry, when they're like, how far are we going to follow this guy? Like, what yeah. are we doing here? They don't even know what they're doing. No. And they just make the point of saying, like, oh, goodbye, Volda. Like, you know, like, as they're on the ferry, like, leaving. As if and they're then, never going to come back. And they don't. So that's kind of ominous if you think hmm. about it in that way. Right. A little bit of foreshadowing there. It's like foreshadowing, but also it's hard to pick up. It's one of those ones that you don't realize until the end, obviously. Exactly, yeah. So, as we kind of progress through this movie, we see Hans do some funny things before we know who he is, what he's doing. He's just this very mysterious figure. Like, how did he come across to you? Well, I don't know. Just like a total recluse, crazy person, obviously. He's in like this derelict camper van that just looks like the biggest crack shack you've ever seen in your life. Like, obviously, he's not (laughs) teed up to be the most savory character exactly it's just like stinks and like all the people hate him they're saying like oh why doesn't he show his cards why doesn't he reveal his true game like yeah. what's going on here all this kind of thing yeah but he honestly he reminded me like when you see his trailer for the first time and then you <laughs> see his car like his suv roll up his range rover or whatever it is yeah um he reminded me of a storm hunter like, he's chasing tornadoes and stuff. Like, yeah, that's actually. what it looked like yeah, to me. Yeah, totally. And you get these big gashes on the side of the car and everything, and you're like, what the heck could have yeah, caused that? Yeah, like, that, that's, the, that's and, the first clue. Well, totally, right? And so they continue following him, and he's traveling, you know, at a good clip, and he ends up making a few stops. And we see this one moment where Hans is, like, depositing a tire in on the side of the road in this kind of remote area, and yeah. they're like what is he doing? Can we see? Can we, we can't really see what, what's going on. They're just like, there's, I don't even know. They don't even really make any conjectures though. Hey, like they don't even try. Well, they're, they're very like childish mm-hmm. in their approach, right? Like they're obviously very young college students. Like they're made out to be like first years or something, right? Like they're yeah. only 18 or something. Especially the main guy. Yeah. Hey? Like, like they're afraid to talk to him. Mm-hmm. Right, but they're trying. He's trying to be like a journalist, like break through on the scene, like find a juicy story. But he like can't even go up and talk to the guy because he's got a big beard and looks like a Indiana Jones is like <laughs> uncle. That's really weird. You know I mean? Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, I totally got that too. And there's this one point um, at one of the very first opening scenes where they've got their setup, and he's he's got the mic in front of him. He's saying he's basically trying to lay out what they're trying to do by following this guy. Yeah, and then they do a cut. And the girl, the sound girl's like, try and be more serious. Try and yeah. be like, you know, more totally like whatever. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, they're just, they're very amateur. Mm-hmm. I liked that too. Got they were. somewhere, right? Exactly. And you get that one point when they're on the second ferry, when he goes to approach Hans again. Yeah. And he tells the cameraman to like hide around the corner and he goes and approaches him trying to be all nonchalant and casual. And then he makes a few, like, you know, he says a few things and, and the guy just basically blows him off. Right. But then he makes him mad by saying, did you shoot that bear? Yeah. Did you shoot it? And then he turns around, and as soon as he turns around, <laughs> Thomas, like, starts backing up, and yeah. he's, like, he totally, like, turns his face away, and yeah, he's, like... Yeah, he's all cowering away. Exactly. 
Yeah. So I mean, what do you think of that character anyway? Well, I think obviously it adds to the, uh, I think that's more foreshadowing almost that the way they act, like, you know what I mean? And it definitely, I mean, it's sort of almost typical of a movie like that in a way, but it works so well to have, have a young, diverse group. You always have, there's one girl and two boys, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, like, it just makes them feel way more vulnerable and way more like this is not going to end well, rather than, like, say, like, an experienced documentary crew that's following him around. Exactly. That's been in the jungle and stuff. And then he makes the comment later on when they get the new camera woman, and he's like, oh, you filmed lions. Good, good, right? Mm -hmm. Because he's, like, realized now at this point that you need to kind of have a little bit of experience. Totally. They had no idea what they were getting themselves into at all. Even if they they were going after bears, they didn't have a clue what they were getting into. If you're going into the middle of the Norwegian northern woods going for grizzlies or whatever the heck is there, (laughs) you should probably be a little bit more prepared. Like, bring an extra jacket. The guy had duct tape on his jacket for the bring whole some movie. Bear mace. Like, yeah, bring something. That's a yes. I don't know. Anyway, but it, it it does play into the plot quite effectively. I found that sort of, um, just the whole dynamic between them and then Hans very effective because even when they get up in the truck with him, like in his SUV, yeah. Once the initial troll attack happens, and they realize like this is like serious business, and their car was destroyed. Yeah. Um. He even tries at one point to ask him like. Uh, did you say troll? Did you... What's going on? Like, yeah. he's very, like, meek about it. Right. And then, like, literally Hans is just, like, Stonewall Jackson. He's meek, but he's also almost condescending. Like, he gives it an almost, like, a cheeky, almost like he's, like, kind of, like... Oh, okay. Are you serious? Like, Actually, are you, you serious know, right now? Like... Yeah. Kind of like that? I almost got more of that from the cam- the first cameraman, Cal. Well, he, he bothered several, me yeah, a lot. But Cal I think did. he was denying it, though. And we kind of get a little bit of that when he when they're later on in the cave. And he's like, I'm a Christian, and then we're mm. going to get to that, don't worry. Because yeah. I have lots of questions about that. So you think he's but, in denial? He's, he doesn't really... Well, maybe not so much denial at that point, like, maybe subconsciously, but just, like, even when they see the car, like, they come back from that initial interaction in the Where woods. he gets bit, too. Like, Thomas gets Yeah, bit. and then they come back to their car, and it's completely, like, looks like it's been gone through a car pulverizer, like, the, when they go to the dump. Yeah. And they still don't even... Like, he's still like, oh, it had to have just been... What kind of rational explanation could you possibly come up with for that? Like, clearly something is not right here. Even if there's a human explanation, there's clearly a cult of many people that did this to your car in the middle of the woods in Norway. Mm. And that's bad. <laughs> so you should be a little bit more concerned. I know. And they right? just brush it off like it's nothing. Mm-hmm. At that point, I would definitely be believing and I would be straight up. Because, like, Hans asked them right off the bat, like, does anyone here believe in God? Is anyone, right. is anyone here a Christian? And all of them adamantly deny it right off the bat. And I feel like at that point, I probably would have said something <laughs> if it was me. <laughs> but, but I guess you just want to fit in with the crew and you don't want to be the only religious person know, <laughs> with still, a bunch of atheists. I guess. I don't know. Maybe you're still fighting with it. You don't want to be the non-cool kid on the <laughs> Well, I mean, like, when do you want to get to that? Because I have a million questions about that. Can we get into that at the end? The, Christ- sure. the Christianity rhetoric and aspect of it yeah like it's just i mean you looked into some of the uh, sort of background history of trolls in in scandinavian folklore and stuff mm-hmm. but like i found that that kind of caught me off guard mm-hmm. a little bit right because we didn't get any of that with like say the ritual where we're dealing right. with a nordic 
ancient creature. The Jotun. That's, mm-hmm. But that was a little different because it was like a demigod. But that's just it, though. The category of Jotun is very Vast. ambiguous and, and does incorporate a lot of those types right. of creatures, spirits, fiends, sure. all sorts of things. But, I mean, like, comparatively to the troll, obviously, the... What, what was that even called in the end? Do we even know? I keep wanting to say Idrak, but it's not. That's a different... Mm, that's a, that's an Inuit lore thing. But, um, yeah, it's a demigod or whatever. Trolls are... They just say they're animals. But you I, know, it's interesting, though. Trolls at one point were... I don't want to say they were considered demigods, but they were um, upheld to a certain... Like, respected to a certain degree, similar to that, where they would have been revered. Right. And then there was a big transition that occurred in, like, the, the Middle Ages and the 13th century. And this is kind of where a lot of the sort of history and the Scandinavian folklore, they kind of collide. And the director actually made a note about this in particular, this idea that... Um, the whole hating Christians aspect. And this was a quote from him. He said, like, as far as his inspiration, why he wanted to include it. He says, I don't know. It's so ridiculous. And the trolls always say it. This is in the folklore. um, That they come into someone's house in a fairy tale and they say, I can smell the blood of a Christian man. He says, I had to put it in. I had to make it real. And then you have to explain it because it's a documentary. How do you explain that? There's actually a scene that we cut that's in Troll Hunter, and the vet- veterinarian talks about it. So okay. her and Hans, yeah. they have an argument about whether or not trolls can really smell Christians. She doesn't believe it because she's a vet. Uh, she believes in facts, but he's seen it. Right. It's a very nice scene, but they cut it. So that kind of he is part of the lore. Yeah. Like you know, it's this whole idea that they. Yeah, it's and, in and it's in the they, fairy tales. And then they get the new camera woman who's a Muslim, and he's like, I honestly don't know. Let's give it a try. Totally. Or like whatever he says, something along those lines. And I came up with another thing too, just related to that sort of um, that like centuries long ago past, um, related to the 13th century and like this sort of spread of Christianity that occurred in in the mm-hmm. Nordic regions at that time. Mm-hmm. And there's this one interesting sort of side note from a folklore. Um, I don't even know. There's like a website, but essentially, it said that. Um, Okay, so this is from a guy named John Lindo, and he's just, like, a folklore um, mythology kind of expert or whatever. But he said, like, what sets them apart, trolls apart, is that they aren't Christian, which is weird. And um, so they're kind of, like, a a contrast to that. And then he... I don't know if it was him in particular, but there was another guy that kind of said that with the rise of all these churches and church building and everything else, um, the power of the trolls was drowned out by the sound of church bells. And that they basically receded into the periphery of societies and into the imaginations. And that they right. were basically just creatures that were scared of humans. And they yeah. basically receded because of that. And they just, they're just they just creatures. They're not monsters. Well, I mean, that makes sense based on Hans's description of them, obviously. I mean, everyone knows, like, trolls are known to be not that bright. Mm. And they make that comment. So, obviously, even though they're yeah. way bigger and possibly could overtake humans they they might be more scared exactly but i also think the fact that like i think almost the church bell idea is almost maybe a metaphor for physically being driven out Mm -hmm. and i mean we're speaking we're flip-flopping back and forth between are we being literal about this or are we not but i mean we know for example like what the crusades were capable of and things like that so it's like they could have i mean things were driven away that they didn't want right exactly that's a really good point to make yeah all this violence all this occurring um, yeah, okay, so this is just, like, a direct quote from this, this is just from, 
Oh, I can't remember where. But anyways, <laughs> it says here that, yeah, this ring, the constant din of church bells, caused trolls to leave for other lands, although not without some resistance. Numerous traditions relate how trolls destroyed a church under construction or hurled boulders and stones at completed churches. What? Yeah. It says here, large local stones are sometimes described as the products of a troll's toss. So we got that in the film, right? Wow. We A, get Christian music that Hans used to make them angry. Yeah. And then B, we get um, these the references to stones and, and these fights amongst trolls and hurling of stones, which really, if you want to be more rational and whatever, you would just say that this is a, a glaciated field. And as glaciers melted, they left behind huge amounts of rock yeah. and it's all different sizes. You can get massive boulders that just appear in the middle of nowhere for no reason. Right. And it's just very odd looking. Of course. But it was because of glaciation. Yeah. But anyways, if you want to go with the, the troll's toss idea too, I think that's a little funner. Well, maybe there's certain circumstances where that's a little less likely maybe for it to be from glaciation or whatever. I don't, who knows? I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, that is cool. Like that the folklore talks about that. Totally. Like church, church walls being smashed through with the, the rocks thrown by trolls. And exactly. Things. And I feel like the director is very true to that. Hey, because he makes, he even has like Hans's little like overlay. It's like that clear piece of paper that he's like ha- mapped out the rocks just to yeah. be sure they haven't changed spots. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. For sure. Just to indicate whether or not there was activity or not. Like, yeah. Um, you know, what's weird. This is total side note, but, um, you know, we came across changelings before when we were doing research and stuff with doppelgangers and all this stuff. Apparently in Scandinavian folklore, sometimes a changeling is actually, a troll baby. So it, really? it's like a troll replaces <laughs> or either like a fairy or a sprite or whatever, like replaces a human baby with a troll baby. <laughs> Yikes. You know, could you imagine? That would be bad news for sure. <laughs> Get like a Hagrid for your son. Yeah. Well, but he's a giant. That's different. Oh yeah. Well, he's half troll. No, he's half giant. They're different. Trolls and giants are two different things. Oh, the giants are more intelligent, right? But, they, but when he gets, Remember in that no, one no, 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 no. that he's one movie of Harry Potter when he has his half brother and he's like half troll half giant? Oh, Remember so that? maybe he's got a little bit of troll in there. Or we maybe need to consult maybe he just Emily. had she's the expert. Yeah, actually I think I do from the Amaru podcast. Now that you make that point, I yeah. think I had that wrong. Um do you want to get into some of the fun sort of features of trolls that they talk about? Yeah, here? let's do it. Okay. So there's so many different types of trolls and they get into it a little bit in this film. They describe how there's mountain trolls and forest trolls and how there's additional sort of like subcategories within those. Right. And uh, according to the director, uh, Andre Overdal, sorry, I, I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Don't be sorry. It's good enough. <laughs> I'm Canadian. I have to say that. <laughs> sorry. I'm hey, so we're sorry. Sorry. Let's just go play a game of sorry. Yeah, eh? you guys want to go home and play sorry this afternoon? I was talking day? to Terry and I thought we'd go down to the <laughs> rink and play some sorry. <laughs> Hop on the back of my Zamboni. We'll head down to the rink and play some sorry there, Terry. Okay. All right. <laughs> anyways, okay. So he says that there's like a ton of different trolls. He lists them off. He says, there's the Ringelfinch, the Tusalad, which was the three-headed one, the really old one, the Jotna, the Mountain Kings, the Harding, which I'm not even sure what that one was, and the Dolfergruben. The so, Dolfergruben. Yeah. I love these names, man. They're so sweet. It's so cool, too, to think, like, all of these have their different realms, their territories. Some of them live in... Um, oh my gosh, what was it called? It was that mountain range. The mountain kings there are, right? And they live literally inside of one one big mountain, yeah, right? Yeah, they do. It's the, sorry, the Jotunheimen. It's uh, a mountain range 
that's a habit of these mountain trolls. And essentially it is a mountainous area, roughly uh, 3,500 kilometers squared in Southern Norway. It's, the, it's a long range. Um, it has 29 of the highest mountains in Norway. So it's pretty impressive. That's like, that's a good hiding spot if you're a troll. <laughs> I want to go find some trolls. Let's go troll hunting. I kind of wanted to. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun. Although, I don't know, after the ritual, I'm a little sketched out about trekking into the Scandinavian wilderness. Unless we have Hans with us, I don't think I'm going troll I would hunting. way rather deal with a troll than whatever the hell that was in the ritual. That's very true. Yeah. Way rather. Yeah. I feel like I could outwit a troll. I feel like they really struggled with outwitting trolls in that movie. Like, the, the three kids from Harry Potter did better. <laughs> but that's just it. That troll was very... It was super dim-witted. It wasn't very fast-moving. Yeah, I, I don't guess. Know. It was a different class altogether. Different class. We didn't I see that class. What was your favorite troll out of the whole movie? Oh, good question. I kind of liked the Mountain Kings, because they were... It, they almost reminded me of a character... Um, like, the monsters out of... Where the wild things are. Oh, yeah. Kind of. Totally. And they're, like, lumbering along and, like, coming back into their mountain. And they had these, uh... I did, I did make one rep comment to you last night. I said I wasn't going to make it. But the big, long noses on them could yeah. kind of stood out to me as, like, weird imagery. It looks like anti-Semitic imagery. Which, I, which I'm not saying they're doing in the movie no, at all. No, no, no. But I'm saying... But maybe there's some sort of a historical link there to, like, the Christian relation to, like, get... You know what I mean? Like, where trolls are smashing churches and stuff like that. And then also, mm. like, you know... I don't know, like... The, oh, that's interesting, the, actually. The, the Jews were branded as monsters by, by Christians, oh, yeah. right? In, in, in or demon... Throughout de- history. Demonified. Right? De- right? <laughs> I was going to say deified. So I, I don't even know. That's <laughs> if, I, I, I don't even know. I, that's I interesting. Think, yeah, I like that. And the fact that they were called the Mountain Kings. Right. And how, like, you know, like, a lot of times uh, people associated Jews and Jewry with, uh, like, sort of more aristocratic and yeah. higher up wealthy people. Right. You can make that, but I don't think they were trying to do that at all. No, not at all. No. I'm not saying that at all. I, I no. want to make that clear. No, no. I just, but it definitely <laughs> yeah. was reminiscent of that sort of uh, Nazi era um, iconography of Jews. It, that's the, just what it reminded me of. Like I just totally. saw it and I was just like, that reminds me of a propaganda poster for some reason. But, um, they were, they were my favorite though, because that scene was so funny because they come into the, they're, they're in, you know, Hans and the kids are, they get trapped in there and the mountain Kings come back in and they're trying to like be quiet, obviously. And these mountain King trolls just start farting. Like they're uncontrolled, displaying uncontrolled natural behaviors. Yeah. yeah. Just uncontrollably farting. Yeah. And they hotbox the cave with farts. And it, they almost don't make it out alive because of it. So. <laughs> Could you imagine that smell? How much that would be? I, yeah, it'd be rough. Because literally they're eating, well, they're eating animals. They're eating everything they possibly can. That was a major feature of these trolls was the fact that they are insatiable almost. Like they'll eat tires. They'll eat, um, they'll go to traps that are set with concrete and charcoal. Right. <laughs> Apparently that's the magic combination. Weird. They'll eat sheep. They'll eat humans. They'll eat anything. They love They're Christians. scavengers. Yeah. Omnivore scavengers. I thought it was interesting that they can live up to a thousand years, like 1,200 years. Right. And within that 1,200 years, they're only going to have one offspring. That's so that's why they're not running rampant all over the world. Seemingly. Because I feel obviously like in the movie, if you survive though, for that long, if you were cranking out kids all the time, then there'd be no chance for Very anybody. true. Very true. In the movie, though, there seemed to be a lot of troll action going there, on. Well, especially with the Mountain Kings. Because they, they just piled back into that mm-hmm. cave. There's yeah. like hundreds of them. You'd think there'd be hunters or like anything. Somebody like might figure it out at one point, I think. <laughs> but I mean, maybe, but they, they try to, they try to like explain that with the bear stuff, right? By saying, by really emphasizing at the beginning, like 
only so many people get bear tags every year. And that guy's like, I know everybody in the country with a bear tag because they only give out literally so few. Exactly. So if there's no bear tags, then there's no reason to be way out in the way way out in the middle of nowhere necessarily. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're hunting something else, but there's tags for those things too. So it's like they're controlling the placement of hunters and traveling people in the woods by issuing tags and saying where people can hunt. And they're also controlling where troll populations are migrating with power lines, which I thought was very interesting. <laughs> yeah, that In the very was... end, we get that little comment from the government official that's like, well, the Norwegians, they like electricity. They don't like power lines. Uh, in Norway, we are going to see more electricity. This doesn't compute. Uh, we have a troll problem. We need power lines. <laughs> and then they're just like, they're like, okay, we're done. Over. Boom. <laughs> and it's yeah. just like, press conference over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was very funny. I, yeah. I like that a lot. There was a lot of humor in this movie. So much humor. It was almost similar toned for me to like what they do in the shadow or what we do in the shadows. Yeah. In that Not way. Not quite that less, far, obviously. Le- exactly. Less of the dry humor that's like more in- imbued in like the commentary and stuff yeah. like that. But it, there was humor for oh, sure. Oh, for sure. And similar style with the mockumentary aspect, I guess. Yeah. I really liked the idea, okay, two of these. The idea that they can grow additional heads and they're designed to scare other trolls. That they're right. not actually, they're just like warts or like goiters or something. Yeah, where they like just kind of no, pop out there's of their no head. other brains in them. Exactly. No eyes, no nothing else. It's yeah. just, it's just for show. Right. And then as well, the idea that they are night bound creatures. Um, and this was an interesting point from the director again, because this is a part of the folklore and he wanted to try to offer an explanation because of this documentary style format. And so essentially that's where he came up with this idea that they can't convert the vitamin D. They can't, they can't produce calcium from it. Um, therefore, their cells basically expand and produce these gases that cause them to explode. Right. And the older they get, the, the less um, elastic their cells are. Therefore, they just calcify. calcify. Yeah. I thought that was cool. And he actually, he kind of, he, he said that he talked it on himself. And then he also um, consulted with his wife, who is a veterinarian. So she was very knowledgeable and helped him out with that. So you can kind of, yeah, get some sort of an explanation. It's almost like he's Hans and she's the vet in the movie. Exactly. I think they were kind of playing on that too yeah, a little bit probably. Yeah, I thought that was cool. He he just did it himself. Yeah. He didn't really like, you That's know. really cool. Yeah. Hans almost becomes, this is another thing that I just kind of thought of too. It's like Hans, I feel like Hans almost becomes a father figure in a way for those three uh, students mm. as the movie kind of comes along. Totally. Like, not that he's like outright protecting them or anything but it's like they're following him around like little puppies as if he's like their cool uncle when they mm-hmm. finally figure out that he's actually a troll hunter and he's just like screw it this is a thankless job i'm working nights all the time i don't get night pay i don't get any benefits or anything he's what? getting tossed around by trolls he doesn't get benefits no he doesn't get anything that doesn't make any sense know, he's a government employee i'm like what that doesn't make sense in yeah you're a government employee in norway those um, people must get all well, kinds of benefits. He, maybe he didn't say benefits outright, but he said that there's no, like, extras. Right. He just gets regular Norwegian extras, which is, like, full everything. But you pay, like, 60% tax. <laughs> well, he looked like he was pretty tired. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's another interesting point about this movie, right? Is this whole red tape bureaucracy element. What did you make of that? I thought it was kind of unique. Mm-hmm. A unique way to, to, to approach the movie. Like, it wasn't just a fantasy right you know there was these links to society you and get stuff these like that. literal like he's filling out paperwork <laughs> yeah he's got the, and he shows them the forms they're like sitting at like the norwegian equivalent of a waffle house or something and like he's like showing them the you know he was kind of bragging almost at that point not not really mm-hmm. bragging but just like he was definitely he opened up really quick he like wanted the, to 
He's tired of it. I, I mean, think. that was the one part of the movie that was the most un... I, may, I mean, I guess it's not that unbelievable, though, if you think that he's just like, screw it, I'm fed up. I'm fed up with this. I don't even like this job. He hates it. I'm just going to tell you guys about it. I don't even care. And then his exit in the movie, I thought that was so epic and definitely sort of ties into that sort of like, I'm done, I'm tired, I'm out of this, like, I'm I'm over it. Yeah. Is when he just literally just walks away into the Rus- or Russian wilderness, into, into the, the Norwegian wilderness. They do mention Russia in there, and I know that's probably why that came to your mind, because they kept yeah. blaming it on Russian bears. Squirrel, like, squirrel bears. Squirrel bears. That squirrel <laughs> things away under a bridge. Trolls under a bridge. They had to play on that trope, eh? that classic cliche, the troll bridge. I remember when I was a kid, when we lived downtown, my mom used to walk me, like when we would go downtown for walks, there was this bridge and we'd call it the troll bridge. Mm-hmm. And I got, I was terrified of this bridge. I legitimately thought there was a troll under it. Now mm-hmm. when we drive, you can drive over it but still the one today. by Lake Ave? Yeah. And it's oh, like, yeah. it's like, a, it feels like it's like a foot long. You like mm-hmm. over it in a second. And it's like. Yeah. There's no trolls under that one. There's no, just a lot of druggies. Yeah. A lot of meth addicts <laughs> under there. Probably I'd rather deal with a troll. Probably. Depending on what time of day it is. I really like that. Yeah, you get the classic scene where he's fighting the troll on the bridge. You get the, the hand come up over top oh, and so grabs badass. the sheep or the goat or whatever and drags he's it away. He's, like, dumping and... blood out on the bridge to, like, try to, like, attract it. That, totally. That, very cool. Very cool movie. Like We also got like another that. example of that, too. Hey, remember when he's they're all sitting in his trailer and he's filling out paperwork, I think, again, after a second kill. And, uh, and he... Um, makes the comedy. He's like, oh yeah, like oh, what? Because the the guy Thomas asks him, like, what are all these things here? There's a bunch of papers. There's a bunch of whatever. And he's like, oh yeah, like I look at these to research and see, like, if you know what to look for, you can see the evidence of trolls. And he points to this one article where it's like this bridge that had collapsed in the very middle point. It's like this super modern bridge. I was like, really like, you know, high end whatever. Yeah. And uh, he says, no, that was a wading troll that hit his head. <laughs> and he just like, and he just like clipped the top of the bridge. Because they're just so dumb. Because they are and dumb. And you feel bad for them. And but like, you would think if they're so dumb, they'll be seen more. Like, where's, I, the, where's well, the men in black in this, no, right? But, but the Amber, mind erasers. But Amber, think of it this way. It's like, we, I mean, animals, not, and we call animals dumb comparatively to us. Some, well, I mean, we, you and I don't, but like society, humanity in a lot of ways, right? But it's like, we don't see a lot of animals. You know Actually, I mean? and you know what's a good point too, is that they're all nocturnal. So well, there's that too. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like how often, I can't think of an example even, but it's like, I don't even know. I'm not saying it's like, I mean, comparatively to say like a fox, a fox is smart, a troll is dumb. So it's like, okay, yeah, a fox might be able to hide better than a troll. But if a troll's scared enough, it's like, it's still an animal it would be able to hide. And we're smarter than foxes. Yeah, we don't find them unless we're hunting them intensely and like trying to find them or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's probably a terrible example, but I'm trying to, I can't think of a good one, but. What about the wood bison? <laughs> No, that's not real. Well, actually, that does work for this. They're large creatures left undiscovered. My question, how about this? Let me toss this out there. I'm just going to boil the blood of Adam from Pine Barrens. I'm just kidding. I said this a few episodes ago, too. What if they're related to Sasquatch somehow? Is there a troll relation? No, that's crazy talk. I don't know. Is it? I don't know. Yeah, it is. Is it? (laughs) So we kind of covered a little bit of this, um, the idea of, like, Norwegian troll lore in general. Like, the idea that a troll, um, as a Norse noun, translates as fiend or demon or jotun. So that falls into this class. Okay, so, yeah, the jotun is kind of, like we said, ambiguous. Um, A lot of the times the word giant is used to gloss over the word, even though that doesn't really cover it. And... On, and according to Wikipedia here, it says the Jotnar are not necessarily notably large and may be described as exceedingly beautiful or alarmingly grotesque. Hmm. 
Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Um, I don't know. Yeah. That is interesting. I, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. There's also um, the same guy, John Lindo. He he was the one that commented and said that they're not Christian, therefore they're kind of like these interlopers. They're kind of outsiders or whatever. Right. Um, and that they would actually, <laughs> they have this habit of kidnapping um, or overrunning farms, estates, that kind of thing. But how they're mostly defined in, like, folklore as these nature beings or, like, all-purpose otherworldly beings. Kind of similar to fairies in Anglo-Celtic traditions. So I thought that was interesting. They're they're definitely not, like, nefarious, like, um, so to speak. It's just they do present a danger when they're in in um, contact with human populations. Right. Um, yeah. It's interesting, hmm. though. Uh, sometimes in folklore... Trolls are sometimes swapped out for cats or litter, little people. So they're kind of like interchangeable, which I don't even know. How would you swap out a cat for a troll? I don't even get that. I don't know. People are going to be <laughs> wasted or something. Not that. I mean, oh, I, I got to ask you, what was your favorite scene? Because I definitely know what mine was. Oh, favorite scene? My favorite scene was um, the scene where they encounter the second troll, like the three-headed troll. Okay. And there's this part where at the very end of the chase and everything, when it basically turns to stone and they, you see it right before it's so startling. You're like, Oh my God, that just happened. Like, I loved that visual. That was Uh so cool. Yeah. I don't know. I liked a lot of it though. I liked, yeah. What do you, I liked how they, I agree with that. Like, I, I love that scene too. Like that's not what I picked, but that's, I do, I do think it's cool how they tried to explain something fantastical, like turning to stone with scientific. Yeah. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. No, my favorite part was, um, the, the first troll encounter when you don't actually see one, mm-hmm. but when there it's dark and it's just like kind of this rare, you know, really eerie ominous scene. And then you get that, the, the crashing through the woods and then just that epic close up on Hans's face. And he just screams troll and like that most, in just that low bellowing voice. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. I just thought that was so awesome. That was cool. Um, that was basically his unveiling. Yeah. 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 That was cool. So, all right. Are we getting down to the end of it here? Anything yeah. else you want to touch on? No, I think that's pretty much it for me. Like, we, we definitely, yeah, we, we hit on everything. I really liked it. I think it's, yeah, it's, I mean, do you think they, do you believe, do you think something like a troll exists or could exist? Yes. Okay. I'm just going to say straight up. I, I, because there was one scene in the movie too when they were in the middle of, like, tracking or hunting, I think it was... Oh, shoot. I can't remember which troll it was. If it was a three-headed one or not. But there was one scene where you get this, like, night vision um, on Hans. Yeah. And then it kind of, like... It, it's a kind of, like, a far wide shot. So you get some trees and everything. And then you get him sort of, like, point at what looks like a tree. Yeah. And it actually is the leg of the troll. Right. So they and I'm hide. like exactly so it's almost like it's just camouflage so i'm thinking to myself like i know these are night dwelling creatures i know they normally dwell in caves and mountains and for that type of thing but could they just like freeze in like you know what i mean like throughout just the day just freeze seen. and then because he makes the point he doesn't just turn it to stone he he demolishes it yeah it's like so what i thought i was like hey wait if he turns off that light will it just turn back I don't no, think so. I don't think so. That was just him being really final about it and destroying the evidence, I think I guess. it's like, yeah, you just don't want someone to find a giant three-headed troll statue in the mm-hmm. middle of the woods. I'm kind of picturing in my head, I'm like, what if it's something like the gargoyles, where they Ooh. turn to stone during the day, and then as soon as night falls, they can turn back. 
But I'm just going to say, yeah. Now we're I just think... lumping in everything in a one, <laughs> one film Friday. What else you got? Maybe the Ogopogo's like his cousin or something. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, we obviously liked this film a lot. Yeah. Thank you, Charlene. Yeah. We, we and really... there was other people, too. Like, um, shout out to Drayton. Um, oh, yeah. he, he's like, I love this movie. Um, oh, oh um, Zanger. Shout out to Zanger. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. From Zang This Podcast. Uh, yeah, lots of people were, there were, a few were people high on this movie. Right? So mm-hmm. I'm glad we watched it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So once again, thank you guys so much for listening to another Epic Film Friday. I mm-hmm. hope it's going to go down in history as one of our best Film Fridays. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, no, I'm stoked for Sunday's episode. Do we want to give any teasers at all? You want to I think it? we should. We are definitely... Oh. We're discussing another sort of mythical entity yes, that perhaps isn't made of stone, but is made of something else similar to stone yeah. and can come to life. Right. So anything else you want to add to that? I mean, the only other thing I'll add is that we're, we're diving into the world of ancient Jewish alchemy. Oh, that gives it away entirely. <laughs> does it? Yeah, it does. Right. Well, until Sunday. We'll, we'll cut that out. <laughs> no, we won't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we'll see you in a couple days. Or, well, you'll hear us in a couple days. Mm-hmm. Until then.